Our reading today is uh, John chapter 13, verse 31 to chapter 14, verse 7, and can be found on page 1081 in the Red Bibles. We have Bibles in other languages and versions available at the back. When he was gone, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the Son in himself, and will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, where I am going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Then Jesus answered, Will you really lay down your life for me? Very truly I tell you, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. This is the word of the Lord. That's a great song. Why don't we use it as a prayer? It's your breath in our lungs. Lord, it's just a reminder that there's nothing that we have that hasn't come from you. And I pray that as we come to look at your word now, we've just been reminded of that. There's nothing we have that hasn't come from you, and we just ask that you would give to us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, morning, folks. My name is Paul. If we haven't met, um, it's nice to see you. And um, I wonder if you ever, uh, if you had to leave Manchester um, or home in a sort of hurry at some point, who would you call and what instructions would you give them? You know, if you had to, imagine you had to sort of urgently leave and you had to dash out. You know, sort of, do you ever have that moment where you think, oh, I need to tell so-and-so or tell them to do this or that? Um, I rushed out of the house midweek at one point because I needed to get somewhere, and I said to our eldest, Benjamin, you know, can you make sure your sister has what she needs? Make sure you let the cat in. You, this is, you know, uh, this, this sort of ordinary things. But if you had to leave and you had to leave and you knew you were going and it was quite urgent, there might be things that you would need to say and instructions you would want to give. Um, and Jesus has instructions for his disciples, and they're more important than let the cat in. And don't forget to, uh, to check what's needed for your sister. Um, and this section that we're looking at, which we're calling Life Together in Jesus, is his, as Jack was explaining to us last week, it's his final um, set of teaching, his instructions to his disciples to say, 
here's, uh, here's what I need you to know. Um, and what I want to do just first of all is just give, them a, give you a big picture of the whole of the section that we're looking at for the, much of this term. So here is the big He's trying to get them ready. He is trying to say, look, I need you to know when I go, he's going to go and die and rise um, and then ascend. He says, I need you to know what to expect. I need you to know how to be followers together. This is what I want you to know. And so here's my, my summary. Now, in the wonderful advent of YouTube and things, um, if you want to check, I've got, I'm going to give you some stuff, some headings, and there are some verses that I've got which are not here, but if you have a look on our YouTube later on uh, this morning, I've put some of the verses on there. So if you want to follow up in the week and see the summary of the whole thing, you can. Um, but here is what, uh, what he is saying to them. The summary is, he's, his message is, I have to go. Uh, it is, uh, it's, I've got to leave you now, and obviously that's going to cause them concern. But it's the right time. He will say, this is the point that I have to go and I have to leave you. It is the right time. And it is for the best. He will actually say the words, it is for your good that I'm going. And unless I go, other things won't happen. So you imagine he's sitting there and telling them, uh, I have to go. It's the right time. It's for the best. But one of the most important things he wants to tell them in these chapters is, we're still a team. So I'm going... But we are still a team. This is still a thing. You imagine the disciples, that was quite important for them. And he will say to them, I'm not leaving you on your own. And we'll get to bits where he talks about vines and branches and how we are still a team. We're still in this together. And then perhaps the, at the heart of what he's saying, and which we'll look at this morning in particular, here is what to do. Here's what to do when I'm gone. I've got to go. It's the right time. Uh, It's for the best. We're still a team. And here is what to do. We'll come back to that in a bit because that's much of what we're talking about. But he will go on. And as we go into these chapters, we'll look. He'll say to them, look, I'm going to be very honest with you. It'll be tough. It's going to be hard. We're still a team. People are not going to like you. They didn't like me, says Jesus. Um, He will also begin to talk to them and reassure them and say, help is coming. I have to go, and in fact, it's for your good that I go, but help is coming. And we'll get sections where he talks about the Holy Spirit and sending the Holy Spirit in the framework of this to say, you're going to need help. And the Holy Spirit is going to help you. He's going to help you stay together. He's going to help you uh, do what you need to do. He's going to teach you and guide you. And then he offers them hope and says, look, be assured, joy is on the horizon. So things will look bleak at times, but joy is on the horizon. Joy is coming. I will return to you. I'll return at my resurrection. I'll return to you in the future. And that, if you like, is the summary. There's, there's the, the sort of, that's the message. John 13, 17, that's what he's trying to say to them. You can imagine he's gathered them there. And can you see, I, I need you to know what to expect. I need you to know what's coming. I've got to go. It is the right time. It is, uh, it is for the best. This is still a thing. <laughs> We're still doing this, disciples. And this is what you need to do. You're going to get help. Uh, there's going to be tough times ahead, but joy is coming, so don't uh, give up. And that is the summary. And it's a, the thing to hold on to as we go through these chapters is also there's kind of two things going on for us. Um, do you ever watch a film uh, for the first time? Um, and uh, particularly if it's kind of gripping and exciting, you watch a film for the first time and you, kind of, you just want to know what happens. And that is like the disciples as they are listening to Jesus talking. They're listening kind of going, we need to know what happens. Tell us, tell us, tell us what is going to go on. Now, they don't know what the end of the story is, so of course that's how they are. 
Uh, we watched a, a, you know, a good a thriller not so long ago uh, about Munich and uh, the sort of lead up to war. And you're kind of desperate to know, even though you kind of know, what's going what's to happen. And that's like them. Us now, we are listening to Jesus. And of course, we know the end of the story. We know he goes to the cross. We know he dies. We know he rises. We know he comes back. We are watching it like the second time you watch a film. Have you ever watched a film for the second time? You know what's happened. You do, you're not watching it with that kind of pace, and you start to spot other details and things. And so we are at a privileged position because we're watching it, kind of going, oh, yeah, of course, yeah, we know that. But sometimes it's good to step into the disciples' shoes and go, gosh, they would have been really worried. They don't know the end like watching a movie for the first time. We're in this privileged position. So I want us to hold those two things together. What we are looking at today, then, is uh, this, where this opening uh, part of his discourse, his, his instructions to them, he basically says, here's what to do. Here's what to do. And it's a couple of things that he talks about. Here's what to do. One, love one another. And two, as we'll see, stick as, stick as my disciples. Here's what to do. Firstly, love one another. Um, he says to them, verse 33, My children, I'll only be with you a little longer. You'll look for me just as I told the Jews. So I tell you now, where I'm going, you can't come. I've got to go. I'm leaving. It is the right time. Uh, and then he says these famous words, verse 34, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. Now this leads a little bit of unpacking. Okay, famous, famous words, and who doesn't, you know, who disagrees with loving one another? That's a great thing to do, isn't it? But let's just unpack this a little bit and try and see what Jesus is getting at here. Because I think it tells you, tells you about something that's going on on the surface and something that's going on that is much deeper. Okay? Now, I'm going to try and use this illustration. If this helps you, great, because it's, uh, this is what I've learned. So I think it helped me, and um, we'll see how we go. It's a, a, an illustration of a well. Now, uh, an ancient picture of a well, you know, the kind of thing where you would, uh, um, uh, you don't see them very often these days, because obviously we have modern technology, but in ancient days you have a well, this is how you'd use it to draw water, um, and of course above ground you'd see the well, and that tells you, you know, there's, there's the, the opportunity to get water, there's a place where you can go and you can collect water, somebody might be there and could maybe serve other people water, they could kind of dish out water there, that's, you know, above ground you see uh, um, uh, a well, and it's used to serve people and help them. And it t- but the well, as you see that there, that tells you that something is going on underneath the ground, doesn't it? It tells you that there is water down underneath the ground. There's my water, okay? So it tells you there's water underneath the ground. And the fact that you can see it tells you that that's what's going on. Um, and so when Jesus says these words, he says, you need to love one another. You need to love one another. It's like he's saying, that is like the well at the top. Uh, that is where, you know, you need to be offering others water. Come and, you know, I'll fill up a bucket for you and I, I could serve you. I, could, I can give you something to drink. You're thirsty? Let me help you out. The well up there is like Jesus saying, love one another. But what he's getting at is he's saying, look, that on the surface will tell people, will show people there is something happening underground. There is something much deeper going on. Something much deeper going on where you'll see people will know that you're my disciples. If you love one another, by this they will know that you're my disciples. 
When people are serving water up at the top of the well, you know something's going on underneath. He says, when you love one another like that, people will begin to grasp, begin to sense that underneath there's something deeper going on. You're my disciples. Does that make sense so far? Shows that I'm a disciple. Why, though? Why would that be the case? Because, you see, Jesus, when he says this, he says, you're to love one another. How are you to love one another? As I have loved you. As I've loved you, you're to love one another. So actually, there's something going on there. I'm a disciple of Jesus because I sense, I know that Jesus has loved me. So the thing going on down underneath that people can't see is that Jesus says, look, as I've loved you, what did he do for us? How did he love us? He laid down his life for us. He went to the cross for us. He bore our burdens, our sins, our shame. And so what it means is that underneath there, it's my sense that Jesus loves me. My sense of what Jesus has done for me, that is the water, the reservoir, the the, the river, the stream, whatever you want, the, 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 the power, the enabler for me to be able to give water to others and love others. As I've loved you, so you must love others. And that's how people will know you're my disciple. And that's the reason why we're to love others. Because in one sense, love one another, what a great tagline. That's going to play brilliantly in schools in the 21st century, isn't it? You know, it's going to be great everywhere you go. Who's going to argue with that? But he's saying, actually, can you see, this is how people will know that you're a follower of mine. This is how they'll know that something has changed in you, is actually they'll see that you love others. I hope that makes sense. Let me try and put it in human terms for you. If you don't like the sort of concept diagram, here is Mr. Darcy. Um, Mr. Darcy, famous character from uh, Pride and Prejudice, uh, as played by Matthew McFadden in a movie here. Um, You might know know the story. Um, uh, He's quite standoffish. He's quite sort of, um, he's a bit obnoxious, really, uh, as a character. Um, But he falls for... Elizabeth. Uh, and at this kind of great climax in the movie, uh, at this point, in the halfway through the film where he's there in the rain, he comes to her and he says, and he's, try, no, he's trying to articulate this, he's trying to sort of say um, something, but in his standoffish and slightly obnoxious way, he says things like, I fought against my better judgment and all the expectation of my family and all the sort of you know, reasons why I shouldn't, but I love you ardently. And it's like there's this little bit of the well that's just up there, and he's saying, look, I want to tell you that I love you. And what he's trying to say in his very British standoffish way is this deep, deep water underneath, and you have totally messed me around up under here, and you've changed who I am down here, and I can't help it now, but I love you. Now, if that works better for you than a well, then grace. But you see, he's saying, something has gone on deep inside of me. And I can't help it now. And Jesus is getting that. As I've loved you, the more you and I sense and grasp actually the love that Jesus has for us, he's shown for us, that's what will enable the loving one another at the top of the well. Um, Jesus isn't saying, do you notice his message to everyone, uh, to his his disciples, he's not saying, um, so here's what you've got to do. Go and conquer the world. Here's what you've got to do. Get yourselves in power. Change everything. He says you've got to love one another. And that's how people will know you're my followers. They'll know that something has gone on deep down here, and they'll start to see that and sense that. 
Um, Jack began to talk to us last week about what does that look like, to do that humbly, to do that freely, to do that without respect to station or position in life, not considering myself greater than others, actually being willing to do that for others, to love one another, to serve them. But you see, it's not just kind of, oh, there's a great phrase, go and love one another, that's a good thing to do. He's saying, do you see, it's the, it's the reservoir, it's the well underneath, that's what really matters. Actually, what is going on there? And I think that's why I, just need to, I think I need to talk about a couple of different things that sort of spin off from that, because I'm aware the ripples of that might hit people quite differently, depending on the situations you're in. Many will feel, and maybe here this morning, will feel actually the thing, they have felt wounded by their experience of Christians or of churches where people haven't loved them. I think it's one of the biggest barriers to faith these days is that people come and their experience of Christians who haven't loved them, who have hurt them, is almost too much. And there are people I've met who kind of have come to church, come to Platt, um, and it's almost last chance. I'll give this a go and see how it goes. And I think just recognizing the reality of where we are and what life is like for many and their experience of Christians and churches. And you can perhaps see why it was so important that Jesus talked about this. You'll know, people will know you're my followers if they experience love from you because you've experienced love from me. And I'm, I, I think it's something that is important to recognize. I've, as I say, I've had conversations with folk who have, have articulated that kind of thing. Others may sort of hear that, uh, what Jesus is saying here, and, and just reflect on it and think, in our hearts, we think, I don't really want to love people. Actually, I'm pretty resentful about it. I feel quite bitter. I don't really want to do that. I don't feel like I want to love people. Now, for whatever reason that might be. And I think that's important to acknowledge too. And perhaps the challenge for us, perhaps, is realizing there's nothing in the well. Actually, we don't have any reservoirs left. And that's what's missing. A sense, a sweetness, a sense that Jesus loves us, that his care and compassion are for us. There's nothing in the well, and it's like trying to get a bucket and scrape out the tiny dregs of water and offer them to people, and that's what it feels like. And if that's you this morning, I would say, you know, the worst thing you can do is sort of beat yourself up with the message of love one another. Go and love others and do these things. The thing to focus on is, do I have that sense of what Jesus has done for me? Do I have that sense that actually his compassion and the extent of his love that he went to the cross for me is so great? Because it's that that we need to, we need to have. That's the, the thing that powers and enables us to love others. And the worst thing you can do as, as a Christian or trying to be a Christian is, is sort of beat yourself up that I'm not loving enough. I don't think that's what Jesus is talking about. He's saying, as I've loved you, then go and love one another. That's how people will know. And people will know if, if, it's not, if you're not really a follower. You know, people pick up on that as well. Pick up on that as well. Do you see? Actually, this is quite a profound thing, and it, it, but it ripples in different ways. And there may be other things that it ripples for you. There may be other things that it, uh, uh, it catches where, where you are. I won't know all of those. 
here's what to do. He says, here's what to do. Love each other. Don't take, you know, it's not, you haven't got to conquer the world. You've got to love the people around you. Second, briefly, stick as my disciples. Stick as my disciples. They're related, but stick as my disciples. They really are at sixes and sevens. And I said, remember, watching the movie for the first time, they don't know what's going to happen. We have to have some compassion. There's a whole series of questions. Verse 36, Simon Peter says, Lord, where are you going? So he says, I've got to go. Where? Um, uh, And he says, you can't come with me. Peter says, well, why? Why can't I follow you? Um, You know, you're going somewhere. I'll come. That'll be easier. I don't want to stay here. Um, and he, then Jesus says, you're going to disown me. It's not going to go that way. There's an, he, he tries to out, outline for them. There is a plan. Uh, he's got a, a, a purpose in going. He'll prepare a place for them. He'll come back. Thomas then says, well, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And if you can have sympathy with them, they're kind of saying, look, you're leaving us. Well, what are the instructions? What, how do we know we're going the right direction? What's the trajectory? What are we supposed to do? And... What he says here, with one of his, again, famous, famous lines, is essentially saying, stick with me. Uh, Thomas says, we don't know the way, and he says, look, I'm the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. He says, look, you're worried. I know you want to know the Father. I know you want that living relationship with God. That's a good thing. If you want that, you just stick with me. I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life, I'm how you get it. There's no other way to get it. No one goes, comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus is pretty exclusive, but he's saying, you want to know the direction to go in? You stick with me. I'm the way you find those things you're after, the intimacy with the Father, the relationship with him, the knowledge of who you are and who God is. And if you're worried about it, stick with me. And if you stick with me, and you're with me, and, you're, and you're, you know, the, the well is, uh, is replenished, and, no, and you know that I'm with you, you know that I love you, and that's how you'll be able to love each other. See how they kind of link up? Love one another. Well, how do you do that? It's, as we sense Jesus, so stick with me. And that's his message. He's saying to them, I've got to go. Here's what to do. Stick with me love each other. And I wonder if for some of you this morning, God is saying to you, are you going to stick with me? Are you going to stick with me? Maybe you have, maybe you've left, uh, maybe you've left somewhere else and come to Manchester. At this juncture in your life, are you going to stick with me? And we'll know, we know it in ourselves, we don't need other people to tell us, we know it in ourselves as we feel we can love, love others as we feel we can serve others. It comes from that sense of what Jesus has done for us.